Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Andrew Clark. And I'm Doug Sanham. This podcast is brought to you by the Pilot Light Campaign. In these weekly chats, we will have real and honest conversations with our inspiring friends and other amazing human beings we want you to know about. We take a unique glimpse into their lives and hear their incredible journeys from overcoming challenges to building better mindsets, habits, and routines. This is the Skull Session Podcast. Hi, we're live with the uh, Skull Session Podcast from Pilot Light. I'm Andrew Clark. I'm Doug Sanham. And today our special guest is Kurt Hayworth from Plates Restaurant in London. Good to see you, Kurt. Good to How see are you? you? Good to see you guys. Good. Right, Kurt. I mean, this is our inaugural podcast. It's the first one we're doing. Uh, we thought let's make something really thought-provoking. And you know, one of the reasons I wanted you on there is we've known each other a little while now, and yeah. you know, we've, we've had lunch together or done an event together. You've got an amazing story, and I think we go into some very deep chats quite often. Yeah. You know, some <laughs> some quite deep chats, but we'll try and keep it light for today. But um, as part of having a thought-provoking podcast, I thought, you know, we've got to have you as the, the star. And, uh, Thank you. Should things I'm honoured to do the first one. <laughs> <laughs> should should I've got an excuse to come back, you see. Perfect. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I feel that you should. I mean, it's entertaining, you know. <laughs> I think you should. I mean, there's always that thing where um, when when there's good content from someone you want them back, you can never probably try and have a conversation in 45 minutes. Yeah, and there's always, there's always more to tell. Sure. Kurt, for anyone uh, that doesn't know you, tell us about yourself. Um, yes, yeah, so um, I'm, I've been cooking since I was 14. Trained as a pot washer. Well, it's not trained. I was a pot washer when I was kitchen and trained um, to be an apprentice as a chef. Um, I trained there for four and a half years. Um, did a full apprenticeship. Then I moved to London. Um, I came to the square at 19 under Phil Howard, actually. Um, worked there for a year. It was tough times. Then I moved to Pied-a-Terre. Did 18 months there under Shane Osborne. Um, then I moved to Australia. Yep. No, sorry, actually, I, I went and worked at a French laundry and stage there for a while. How was that? Um, How yeah, was that? That was um, pretty amazing in terms of many, many things. It was a completely just like, if you can imagine like, I don't know, like the most organ, like a Swiss army knife. Like it was just so structured, yeah, yeah. so disciplined, so pristine, like cleanliness to another level. Mm. Like everything was like labeled, like, 
OCD look like in a really good way. And all the bottles had to be lined up perfectly. That's the Everest like, of discipline, yeah. right? I love that. <laughs> and I kind of took that with me. So it was an amazing experience. And then I moved to Australia and did um, four years there. Um, with, um, with Peter Gilmore at Key and Mark Best at Mark. Wow. Um, and then I came back, worked with Sat Baines for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, basically why I came back from Australia is I got bitten in my first year. And I never thought anything of it. Well, my hand went massive. Mm. Went to the doctors. They gave me a weak antibiotics. Like, oh, it'll go down. Once it's gone down, you, you, you're good. So I never thought anything of it. Um, kind of just, you know, carried on. What did you get bitten by? Uh, I didn't know because I was asleep, but this, I was, it was in the middle of the night. My hand was just massive, swelled up. Oh. And um, so I told you, antibiotics, it went down. Um, and that was it. Never really thought anything of it. And then when I look back now, from then weeks and weeks I just started having like all these crazy symptoms um, where like chronic headaches always dehydrated even if I drank loads of water and then I couldn't stop weeing um, really bad just started with like really invisible symptoms that kept coming all the time I kept going to the doctors and looking at my urea yesterday or urea the day before um, and it started to get really bad and then one morning I can I can only explain it as, as, as like a ticking time bomb so I, when I explain it to people it's like a, imagine a bin that's been filled up filled up filled up yeah, and then yeah. it just goes and yeah. the lid just blows off and I woke up in the morning and I'm not joking you and I've worked with a lot of you know any sort of illnesses you know chefs yeah. you just push on I've always been one of those people I'm not proud of it when I look back I think you know if you feel ill you should be off yeah, it's yeah, an old yeah. school. It's an old school dumb mentality it? where oh you let your family down and all this. No, like if you really. you shouldn't suffer your own, you know your own body because they can, you know that restaurant will do that service without that one person out of ten chefs. Completely. I mean, we're trying to change the narrative a bit around it now. I mean, I, I, I think in seventeen years I prided myself on only ever having like three days off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, did it help me? No. Probably. Okay. Could I have been better if I was better rested? Yeah, Is probably. It? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Look at the advice they give you on a plane. Like, you put the mask on yourself first before you do anybody else. And yeah. if you can take that narrative into anything, it's like yeah. you have a day off to look after yourself first, mm. and then you can yeah, be you better at work the following stronger, day. If you're stronger, your team's going to be stronger. Yeah. If you're weak, you can make your team weaker because if you feel you know, not well. Um, so, yeah, going back to that, so I woke up in the morning, I'm not joking, you're like, it was only I can describe it as hell. Um, it felt like I drank. I've never drank this amount of vodka, but I always say like five, ten bottles of vodka, but um, like the worst, like the worst hangover ever, and all the bottom half of my body was just in excruciating pain. Like I couldn't put any pressure on on my legs, mm. um, my head, and I used to say this. So I spent four years after this trying to get doctors to understand how bad it was because I was invisible and I didn't look that ill. They're like, oh, you're slim, you look healthy, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with you, you know, yeah. all in your head takes antidepressants and see you later, mate. And I was like, no, you're not understanding how fucking bad it is. I'm good at masking it because I have no choice. I'm not going to go to work and be depressed and negative every day and make everyone else, you know, so I look like a weak person or I'm negative. Um... And it was like spiders eating my brain. I can almost feel them crawling in my brain. That's yeah. what it felt like. And it's really like not a nice thing to kind of visualise, but I, I, that's why it was, it was so bad. Like the nerve pain and all that. So um, basically I had to come back. I've spent loads of money in Australia having scans on my legs, scans on my spine, scans on my brain, you name it. Um, doctors just like giving me 
drugs and medication and antidepressants and I'm like no 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 I'm not depressed I'm de- I'm 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 really really infuriated I'm angry inside and I'm down because I can't go running like I used to do yeah. I can't enjoy my work because I'm in agony and I get to a point I was so bad I was having memory loss so when I was you know when you're on a section it's like okay um okay, two two tomato two tomato salads away or two quail away or whatever and I'd forget like one of the garnishes every time yeah and I'd be like I never would do that because I was obsessed with like never forgetting anything being on the ball. Like I was so driven with my work that I was just so weird. And then when I was running the pass, if we got on the table of five, I'd get four plates up. And I'd be like, so then and then people think you're, you know, you, oh, this retard or this idiot or whatever. And, but you didn't, no, I couldn't explain to everyone how, was, how bad it was inside my body. And it was, the, the, this line, what it was was Lyme disease was controlling my actions, you know, because that's what he does. He takes over your body and then he basically makes you fuck up loads of things. <laughs> How and quickly did that come on in terms of from, from the bite to all the symptoms happening and like it being at its worst? Uh, it started coming on like a few months after. Right. Um, and then obviously it got gradually worse and worse yeah. and worse and worse and worse. So my dad, yeah, my son was like, okay, you need to come home. Um, so I came home and then we spent nearly four years, three and a half, four years going to the best doctors all over the country. And a similar sort of thing, you know, it was like, okay, what medication are you on? Okay, just double it then if your pain's worse that day, or double it. And I, and I just kind of, and it was a really warped moment where for 27 years I did, you know, and I always go back to this, as a human we brought into this world and when we're sick, our mummy and our daddy take us to the doctors and we get better, yeah. right? I have this moment where it's like, so we give, and what happens when you don't keep getting better? But we keep trusting in the system. We keep, yeah. you know, I'm not, not saying anything bad about, you know, NHS and all that's amazing, by the way, and there are some incredible doctors and nurses. But when it comes to chronic, really complex illnesses, or, you know, even mental health, you know, it's a very, very quick fix solution on symptoms. We don't, yeah. they don't ask a story. They don't ask your, your journey or how it started or, any of these things, you know, and even when I read now, it was, um, I watched a podcast with Dr. Mark Hyman, he was talking that even if, okay, you could go back to when it started, mm. you shouldn't even can go back to even, okay, so how was your mother when, 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 you know, when she, when you was in her, her womb, how was your mother's health? Mm. What yeah. was she going through? Because that can, you can take, well, a lot of allergies and, that, yeah. and you can take, if she's suffering from an illness, you can take that with you and then it can, it can manifest when you're 21 or yeah. 18 or whatever. I know. I really saw that an allergy. She was actually that she she was so allergic to mushrooms. The next uh, next time she had a mushroom, it, it would kill her. Do you know what I mean? Because it's got to the point where the antibiotics or you know it, it's just not working anymore. Yeah. Um, but it all links back to her mum being seriously ill while she was pregnant with her um, uh, with some mushrooms. And you can work the other way around as well, though, can't it? Like that, um, you, you can be allergic to somebody, but then when you're carrying, you your symptoms can like disperse, and you can actually eat things that you weren't able to eat before, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is really, yeah. I mean, that's freaky in itself, isn't it? And it's, um, it, but if you saw, if you if you if you went to your general GP and said that, they would be like, "You're crazy, that can't happen." Huh. So it's like, hold on a minute. So I just started to like, after all this time of frustration, and it was, I came down to London, actually, I was up north and I was living with my dad. And we went to this uh, last um, doctor and um, 
They basically, I had to tell my story, which takes a long time when they want to know all the details. These, um, it was um, like neuropathy sort yeah. of um, doctors, and it was it was always this. Uh, oh, so you've got pain in your in your right leg or whatever. And you're like, oh my god, I I just told the last doctor three months ago, like two hours of like really like, and it's quite emotional when you suffer so much and you were so alone. Mm. And, you, and, and it just became so frustrating. I said to my dad, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not yeah. getting better. I'm not getting better. Um, nightmare, isn't it? So I found out what it was. <laughs> I, got, I got diagnosed. And, and this is a really key thing, I think, with, with Lyme is that people need to understand. I think that's really important to share is that the testing on the AHS is absolutely awful. So, so many people are suffering from a lot of invisible illnesses, which can be Lyme, mm. they get tested by the doctor, it, co- it comes back negative, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, so you have to live with these symptoms the rest of your life. No, because these, the test is basically pointless, it's absolute rubbish. So the testing needs work, Yeah. yeah. You know, and, um, and I had to get my test sent to Germany and America, and that costs nearly two and a half grand. Wow. Okay, no. That's a lot of money. To get the test back, yeah. And then these, I went to private healthcare, and then they wanted to put me on IV antibiotics, which was £4,000 per month, and it could be rolling. So by this point, where normally I'd have been like, because you do anything to get better when you suffer so much, and I was like, Dad, I'll just get credit cards, and my dad will help me, or sister will help me, and Mm. my friends will help me, whatever. Um, Because you you just want to go running again, and you want to feel good when you're with your mates, and you want to be able to have a pint, or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I couldn't do... I just couldn't enjoy anything. I hated life because... And this was years since this, right? Yeah, probably four years of just in agony. And it's a long time. And then you become almost immune to feeling like that. So you become immune to masking. So when people go, are you right, mate? You go, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Really, I, I'm in absolute bits. But yeah. when you do, you keep going, oh, well, no, just can't this, keep, got that. You don't feel like you can keep yeah. repeating it, can you? And it's just like, takes so much energy out of you. Um, so yeah, when I, I said to these doctors, I said, hold on a minute, I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go away and I'm going to think on this one. And they were like, no, 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 like, you know, it's really serious, you need to do this. And by this point, I knew hardly anything about wine. So I was like, oh shit, I'm doing the right thing. Um, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to listen to me myself first. And something in my gut, I was in this hospital, and something didn't feel right. It was very money-driven. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, this, this hospital probably does help a lot of people, but also <laughs> a lot of money. They wanted, for me to speak to the doctor... Like if I needed anything, it was seventy five pound for fifteen minutes. Wow! When you've already just spent four thousand pound on treatment, so I was like, "Are you joking?" For me to just ring up and ask. It's insane, isn't it? So I was just like, something didn't. It just didn't feel right in my body, and I just thought, you know what, I'm not doing it. Um, so I started to get in touch with people that suffer. So I had to join all the forums. I mean, if you go on the Facebook forums now, there's fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand people in all different forums, and I was like. I felt so alone for four years. I'm looking at these people showing the signs like, oh my God, there's people that have gone 15 years like this and 10 years. And but even now, it's still not even now. So quite not known. Even... There's not enough known about it. Is that right? Yeah, completely. Not really. Not at all. I mean, really. I I had a little look yeah. when we when we met, what, last year? Whatever yeah. it was. I, I, I was like, I need to know what this is. It's yeah, be- strange. Because there's so much misinformation as well, doctors will say, oh, if you don't have the bullseye rash then you haven't got it. Yeah. But we, we actually know now that it can uh, mosquitoes can carry it and spiders can carry it, which they won't tell you that. All it is is if you've not got a tick bite, you haven't got Lyme. And also, 
you could be a two-year-old on holiday with your family, get bitten by a little poppy seed tick, not even get a bite, not even see a rash, and the bacteria manifests, and you go for a really traumatic period when you're 18 or whatever, and it goes boom, and it oh, blows really? up because, it stay in your because your immune system, and when we talk about, you know, obviously you guys, this podcast is incredible because it's driven through, you know, your mental health and your journeys, mm-hmm. and that's a huge thing where if you can't control you, not can't control, but if you're struggling with your mental health, it can really start to wake up any bad virus. Yeah, anything inflammatory, it brings everything inflammatory. It can bring things up in your body. We say there's like five viruses on your body at any one time. time, And, you know, we promised we wouldn't talk about coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) And I did say I'd be the first one to say it in any case. (laughs) Always. Because that always happens. But, I mean, you know, while, while the lockdown was on, I mean, I started doing videos just really about people you know, trying to encourage people to think about their immune system rather yeah. than worry about a virus that's going around. Yeah. Because we've spoken about this yeah. a fair bit, immune system, but it's one of those things, it's like this untapped resource. We, we think it's, we, we just um, take it for granted that it's there and it's doing its thing. But we don't think actually, maybe you've got to put some more fuel into this. And particularly if there was, is a virus going around, then let's just take it seriously. Get as much vitamin C in you. Sure yeah. resting well um, and it for particularly for chefs you know if you're if you're on furlough and you, you've got all this time off then here's the time to really rest up and put your you know set a few things right you know yeah. so how many people actually really <laughs> looked after themselves at this point I spoke to someone this morning who said that they've just spent the last like 12 weeks drinking and fishing yeah. So not only did they drink at home, but they went fishing with and alcohol as well. <laughs> it's wow. like, yeah. you did that for 12 weeks. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, we, I think we all kind of agree on this. Of, uh, it, we're in a world now where we kind of, we, we have to take control of our own bodies and our own decisions. And mm-hmm. definitely, you know, like, it, it's ignorant to say that food, that food is, isn't medicine. I would never say food cures this and cures this illness and cures that, but there's no, you can't say that it, it's a huge, it's a massive... I think it's, it's a, a fundamental part of health. But it's also something that we've... I mean, you look, we're, we're chefs and we encourage a certain way of dining, you know, three-calls, four-calls, tasting menus. Um, it's, we end up encouraging something that actually our bodies aren't used to having. Do you know what I mean? I, again, I go back to a video I did um, talking about kind of hunter-gatherer diets. And, you know, if we think about 200,000 years... Homo sapiens have existed. Yeah. If we take that information, then you know the longest period of that evolution has been as hunter gatherers, and during that time, our bodies have evolved really slowly with that diet. And then we take the last fifty years, or even hundred years, have been really escalated the industrialized food system and everything that we see that is. Um, well, we made an example the other week about a loaf of bread. You know, yeah. How many we, ingredients? We make loaves of bread, bread, and that takes three ingredients, right? And yeah. you look at Warburton's or yeah. you know. It's a, those kind of supermarket staples and it's got 15 ingredients all flour improvers and yeah, other stabilising emulsifiers emulsifying bread for it starts with the seed <laughs> and it starts with the soil <laughs> it's crazy right it's absolutely insane and it's like this is the thing I built, and, and you know I, I talk about it because I used to be that person where you just buy something you don't even look what's on the back of it right. you don't even no. look it's 60% of the UK's diet is ultra processed food and the, but this and is the thing. Now we see lot. this as normal food, okay? This, um, all these big brands, we believe in brands. So it yeah. stops us baking, it stops us doing stuff. 
I mean, one thing we say about Corona is it's got it's very massive massive people back into it. <laughs> Delivery. But that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but that is the thing that, you know, at least a few people recognise that they, they can bake bread really easily. But I think we trust brands. We trust brands so much, with, you know, in, in, this, uh, in, the, in the West. Yeah. And now we see this as normal food where it really isn't normal in any way. You shouldn't have bread that lasts for X amount of days without it coming stale, yeah, you know what I mean? Because then you've got to look how that then breaks down in your body. Yeah. Exactly. There's an interesting book that I think Murley recommended to me. It's called 10% Human. It's absolutely fascinating. And there's um, some of the statistics that they've done, and this is from 2017. Some of the things that they've predicted from that through... The um, you know the the way the microbiome has developed, yeah, the way we develop it from from birth onwards is that they can actually they reckon that by twenty thirty, almost every household will have a child with with autism, based on all of the stuff that we give kids, the diets now, the you know the way we look after ourselves, and we're like we we are we have created mental health illnesses through diet. And because of what and we do, and when I you're depressed, you just we eat more sugar. Society puts on. You, we have to adapt to a certain kind of work life and a way of living, which we again see as normal. But I'm sure, as sentient beings, as human beings, it's not the way we were, you know, mm. made to live. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, yeah, there's so much about modern life. I think one of the things we've tried to do with Pilot Light is say, look, yes, listen, just take care of yourself a little bit more. Watch what you drink. Watch what you eat get some exercise, do these little bits and give yourself a fighting chance. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's not about, you know, there's no way we're going to be sanctimonious about saying we've got to do this, you've got to do that. It's like, look, just give yourself a fighting chance. We're always going to be up against certain issues and, you know, little traumas here and there that will uh, change our moods and behaviour and stuff. But let's give ourselves a chance to be as strong as we can be. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to have a crappy, shitty ham sandwich every now and then, yeah, fine. Do you know what I mean? Have a can of Coke every now and then, but just... Yeah. Don't make it as part of your, your, your everyday yeah. diet, you know? But going to the, you know, that's an interesting thing about the autism, because I've studied, because, because of my health journey, I'm very interested in all things now, and I question everything. Yeah. I've studied um, a lot of things in terms of autism as well, and the link between, and we have to ask ourselves, we have to, we start, as humans, we have to ask ourselves common sense questions. Is, okay, so why is it multiplying? Mm. Why, why was it one in... 500 autism and now it's 1 in 88 for instance yep. don't know yeah. if that's accurate it probably Nearly. Isn't, but it, it's it, why is it getting more every year basically yeah. is what I'm trying to say and there's some things we have to ask so what, what wasn't there 10 years ago and what is there now and one thing that I'm definitely in tune with is because I can tell because when your body's sensitive um, with lots of um, in terms of so I'm quite sensitive to electric, electric magnetic fields. Yeah. So like if I sleep in a room with a Wi-Fi router, I can tell. Yeah. So because then, because that Wi-Fi router, you can't see anything coming off, but there's frequencies giving off that. Yeah, yeah. And now we're living in a world where we're surrounded by it's frequencies. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. So there is a few links where they say that that has also a link to autism, and also, which I'm going to put this out there, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything, no. but if you look at mercury toxicity in vaccines yep. and the link to autism, it's very high. There's a lot to be questioned, yeah. there's a lot to be asked. Yeah, you think, you know, I mean, if you went back to, like, let's say, 
the the mid mid twenty well, yeah. two thousand to two thousand and ten that massive boom of, of of teenage pregnancies and I won't I'm not <laughs> slated it but I mean how many have I got um, but there's like they weren't old enough to know how to look after like themselves let alone to have kids so that 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 diet that real processed diet that they had quick foods all of these things not learning how to cook not learning how to live meant that they're pumping unreal amounts of sugar into their body which is going into their kid they're then having a, a you know a kid at a young age and doing the same thing all of a sudden you know you've only got 15 years of gap and all you've got just loads of kids on ultra processed foods all of this and then 10 years prior to that was when ADHD and autism started to become a thing yeah. and now we're looking at the numbers dramatically increasing it's, tw- it's 25 years it's a very small amount of time yeah. but when I was diagnosed with ADHD it was not a thing teachers no. didn't believe in it they like you know they would even pick on me because they just thought I was a naughty little shit I was but, <laughs> um, but they like it wasn't believed and it wasn't even perceived until yeah. I was 16, 17 when it became a little bit more common yeah, yeah. I think also, also it's like how many how many vaccines did we have when we were born, and how many if we had you know if if a kid's born now how many vaccines do they have now? It's yeah. a lot more. I think do it's we a, need all of them? That's the thing. We 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 also live in a society where we're always looking for cures do. for things, aren't we? We don't, yeah. we don't think about prevention and what it'll take. It we'll just as you know you're saying about the figures getting bigger and bigger, and that's what we'll do, and it will hit a wall. And then we'll be looking for a cure for that, and it'll be another drug. And it's yeah. like, hey, it's, it's, it's yeah. for ease, though, isn't it? It's easier to take one tablet than it yeah. is than yeah. it is to focus on yourself yeah. for all of your life to make sure you're working. You have to change. You know, like I completely. You know, I got told I couldn't drink. Um, you know, loads of things. My my life completely did a one eighty. But I I decided that I didn't. If I if I was going to lose some friends because I was looked at as boring, so I didn't want to go out to 3am because I couldn't because I knew I was in so much pain um, then I just that was it I was accepting of that and I had to stop worrying about whatever other people thought and that was a huge breakthrough for me in terms of me as a person me as a cook um, in many different areas of success that not worrying about whatever other people think of you and the people that want to know you want to be your friends will be there and the ones that don't will don't and they just why yeah. go you know, well it's, it's about looking after number one isn't it and just yeah. look after yourself get yourself better and then you're going to yeah. find the right people in your the life people, you know? yeah, your journey you'll meet these people naturally and you just be Please. yourself and, and kind of yeah so diet is a big thing for you yeah. um, you know but I guess one of the things we you know we've spoken about before and it's one of the things we're definitely pushing in a direction particularly after corona i think you know talking about nutrition and uh, mental health food but diet is um uh, a huge part of you know you getting better isn't it yeah you've now kind of plant-based you have an amazing plant-based restaurant and you know very innovative food as well i've eaten now it is fantastic it was definitely one of my favorite meals that was a christmas thing as well so it was hopefully, so good. Hopefully that Corona dies, you know, it's come out. <laughs> but it was so good, and it was yeah, um, not that I expected anything left, but it, uh, less. But it was a sensational Christmas dinner. It really was. My, probably my favourite Christmas dinner I've had. It was oh, definitely my. Just because there was no turkey. Yeah, I mean turkey shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate turkey. Um, but it's it will be one of the most memorable dinners I've had, and it was just so out of the blue. I think you texted me a couple of days before saying, "Do you want to come for lunch?" I was like, yeah, great. And there it is. But tell us, your plant-based diet. Yeah, so basically, when I got diagnosed with Lyme, one of the first things that I could control, and I had 
and you know, and, uh, looking at all the positives was, okay, I'm a chef. Mm. So if anyone can take control of what they put in the body, it's me. Because I had to stop cooking and it took me ages in my head to get, I was like, oh my God, if I, and it, you know, it was years of working in agony and I was so ill, I, had to, like, I lost my balance, I was banging through walls, all sorts of stuff. I remember I fell asleep in my car and put it into the back of the lorry like, on, my way to, on my way to work, so working for Saturn. And I had to hide why, you know, why I was late for work and stuff. So, like, I was, I was at, like, a real, I took my body to, and we spoke about this, yeah. Chef's Wellness, both of us, mm-hmm. that we wait until we're, like, right at the end of, like, we're in the darkest place ever to act. And I did that. So, it was like, okay, um, I've got, I've had to move back in with my dad, <laughs> my stepmom. But I was like, I could have been down, but I was like, I'm so grateful because I've, I can, I can, I have this, you know. Some people that are ill with Lyme, you know, don't have that. So I looked at all that positives. And, and a really big thing that hit me was like, I've been putting my body through all this to and giving all my passion and energy that I really didn't have, I was just squeezing out of my body to cook for people that I'm never going to see again. I was like, but me, I go home at night and I'm collapsing on the shower at 3am and absolutely zonked, mm-hmm. going to A&E, Nottingham, like four nights a week. It just didn't make any sense to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put all my energy that I give to someone else but to myself for once. And I got hold of that passion and I got up and I started to make myself juice. I never had, a, I never had three meals in a day in my life hmm. since I started to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes yeah. a question, but none of us probably have, right? Barely no, no, no. Well, I mean, to even when our food to get put up, you don't get to eat them. Do you know what I mean? Sat down, like, not... Not like, oh my God, I've got to do them three jobs quick before I say if I get yeah. sat down and ate yeah. and put like an understood what I put in my body. Um, so basically I researched um, and the vegan thing happened like in a jigsaw puzzle because I started to, the first thing was sugar. So it was like sugar feeds lime, yeah. feeds the gut bacteria. So basically for four years I was putting fuel on a fire. Yeah. So yeah. no wonder that wasn't improving. Um, dairy was a big one for me. And I got tested actually on an amazing thing called bioresonance, and it's right. a frequency machine. Um, and they take a little pinprick of your blood and they put it onto like a frequency, they put this paper inside this frequency machine, and then they test it against all different foods, and it comes up whether like I was intolerant to it. And I'm not joking, I was intolerant to like 95% of every food oh, wow. when I got tested on this. That's insane. Yeah, it was absolutely mental. Um, obviously, a big one for me was gluten. Yeah. Red meat, I read, and red meat, and I want to, you know, when we talk about diet, I want to be really clear that diet is so personal. There are yeah. people that do um, ketogenic diets and paleo diets yeah. on Lyme disease and get better. Yeah. Everything's personal, so I'm not a, a preacher of vegan diet. No, no, sure. Do this and it cures this. It's what works for you. Um, and I just felt a real sense to, the more I was taking things out and I went down from having three pieces of fish to having one, one piece of fish. And then I got down to a thing like, mm, I don't really need it. And this was like five years ago and veganism wasn't really a thing. Mm. Um, I was really passionate about making soups and stuff like that. So I made soups and I just wouldn't put the butter in with the onions. And I was like, still tastes as good, if not more cleaner, more yeah. pure. When you're making a green soup, I remember I used to make like nettle soups and really bright green soups with loads of herbs. Maybe stock and blitz loads of herbs and, you know, get all that nutrition in there. And I was like, actually, it tastes better. Yeah. Well, you know, the fat does mask flavour at the end of the day, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it makes things more moreish and more you want more. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. want to keep going back to it. But and then after it makes you feel, yeah. even if you're healthy, it can make you feel a bit oh, it's more well healthy. healthy. So like healthy. if someone's like <laughs> caked in butter or, 
You know, I'm not, and again, like, and it's, and it's that thing, you know, my dad trained me that way as well. You turn a piece of turbo and then you whack the butter in your base. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, um, but then I just started to reverse and go, well, why can I not do it? Why can I not do this? Mm. Why can, why can this not do that? Why can, why, why, why can we not just, and that's well, it. I think it's a lazy thing as well. I mean, you know, chefs, particularly yeah. from the kind of. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The European or French... Um, trained, I mean, that was my background in terms of yeah. you know, what I gravitated towards. So, yeah, you put fish in a pan, you finish it with butter, you finish your sauce with butter. Butter becomes a lazy man's way of making yeah. things good. Whereas, you know, I started exploring many years ago, but just like looking towards, I think a lot of my diet was Asian, and you realize yeah. that there's hardly any dairy if yeah. at all in that. And then, you know, take an egg out, and you're thinking, well, you know, the meat in there. The meat they use as a garnish or a seasoning, yeah. you take that away, take the egg away, and you've got a vegan dish, do you know what I mean? That's, a, that's a, um, yeah. something with plenty of flavour, but I guess it, you, know, you start looking at other flavour enhancers like even your misos and MSG, kelp, yeah. dashes, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, which are, are all fundamentally natural or natural ingredients fermented. Yeah. Well, like, again, I mean, that, you know, don't take it away from butter, but it just meant that you, do, you, know, you use butter all the time to just... It's there, and it's going to yeah. make it taste good. Whereas, yeah. like, but so all these things are <laughs> actually kind of healthy for you. And it's well. a bit of a myth that we need that to make something rich. Because yeah. if we understand vegetables and understand how to use them properly and to pair them with whatever fruits or, or herbs or whatever, those vegetables can be rich without adding dairy. Well, that's so many of them Different have their own kind of monosodium glutamate in there, don't yeah. they? I mean, you know, they're high in MSG, tomatoes, and yeah. So a lot of mushrooms, um, dashi, kelp. I mean, now since I've kind of been, I think I'm 96% vegan at the moment. Um, yeah. But, you know, just exploring vegetables. And if I do need that umami, I want to step it up, I just put kombu in everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah just... it's a great way. I remember, like, making, like, caramelised um, onion broth and trying to mimic that, you know, onion, French classic onion soup. And you put loads of kombu in there and it gives yeah. you that richness. It yeah. does. But, and it's good for you. So I think as chefs, we should understand more mm. about the nutritional values that we're giving our guests. I think that's really important. Especially when there are that many allergies. Like, and, and it's not even kind of... Allergies shouldn't be the reason why we have to take care of what we're doing. It should actually be the enjoyment of learning a bit more about that ingredient as well. 
There's yeah, nothing. Yeah. There's nothing better than giving so much information to somebody who's learning. Yeah. And if you can't, yeah, if you can just simply go, what, what, you know, you, when you've got that commie that actually asks you why after everything, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for growing up for myself, you know, I question a lot, but you never had chef. It'd just be like that's the way we do it. So mm. Shut up and crack on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, I'd always want to know why. Yeah. And I think it was only when I bought. Um, no, I was always scared McGee's to ask why a lot of the time. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, there was that as well. You're like, oh, you fucking think... time. <laughs> if you haven't got time and you're in the yeah. shit, you fucking. Like, you know, you know better, do you? And he's yeah. Like, no, no, no. But I'm just like, I'm just asking. You know? I'm, I'm curious. I was like a young 19 year old lad in, in London. You know, it's like on my own. So you just kind of. Well, Harold McGee's book for me, yeah, when amazing. that came out, I was just like, oh shit, there's literally. They're like striking all the colored one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. I love and it. it came out, what, 20, 15 years ago or something? Maybe, yeah. maybe a lot. I, I certainly bought it when I think uh, Heston started talking about it. Yeah. Maybe it was actually out before that, I'm not sure. But then I started flicking through it and seeing all the answers to the questions that I knew that no one had ever answered. Do you know what I mean? I knew I'd asked them. Um, but it's just that thing where really. I think there was one thing about um, never season your eggs in an omelette until after cooking. Yeah. And it's like, actually, that's a complete fallacy. Season your eggs early, it will actually make them tender. And it's like, but I was always taught. And it's just, it just broke down so many of these um, things that we, we have done for you know, generations. Anyone that questions it gets fucking belittled or yeah. something and um, you know, told to shut up. But here it is. Someone questioned it, and actually... Yeah. yeah. And that should relate to the health system now. We, we should be questioning things. Question we should be asking, right? Yeah. We should be asking what we put in our body. You know, this pill that we've been given by a doctor, read up on it. Read up on the side effects. Don't just take it. Yeah. <laughs> when you get a list of 23 possible side effects yeah. for a tablet that you're taking for a headache. Do you know what I mean? That's... Mm. And it's so... <laughs> so I just found that I was unreal. just absolutely mind-blown when... When they just, it was just so easy to give you a prescription and you're out the door. And I always kind of thought this, and it's, you know, it's not, it's not, as a doctor, it's not their fault, but like we are just a customer. So then when, when I went home and I was in agony all for the rest of the night, that doctor wasn't going home and thinking about me. No. You know, no. he's just giving my prescription, he's done his job and that's it. But it goes back to root cause. We've got to, we've got to get to the root Absolutely. cause of, you know, yeah. treating yeah. symptoms is the world we're living in right now. Well, that's, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, you know, we, we're always looking for the cure, but we never think about the prevention. And yeah. if it is a kind of a change of diet... You don't need a cure to prevent. Exactly. And, you know, get, get the adequate rest, have the right diet, don't drink too much, avoid smoking. What you know, there's, the all, there's all these things you can actually give yourself a, a, a head start in life. Yeah. But, um, again, I don't want to preach, I don't want to be sanctimonious no. about it. It's just, I've applied a bunch of those things to my life. And I'm on a journey, you know, like I said recently, I've kind of gone on to a, a fully plant-based diet. I always thought I was kind of 70%. And while we were locked down, and I hadn't got the lure of restaurants to drag me in and start yeah. stuffing me, um, I just thought I'd go, you know, all the way with it. But it is difficult because I'm not doing it, I'm doing it for health reasons, certainly nowhere near what you've had to go through. Um, and I wanted to clear a few things up. And I think I feel better for not consuming meat and dairy and stuff. But I do miss bits, and you yeah. know, before you turn up, we had a brisket roll <laughs> that smokestack sent us, and I'm like, if I eat meat one day a week, or you know, I don't even need to look at it like yeah, that. I mean, but just as long as I'm do doing, you the, feel the, most right of the time, yeah, just doing the most of my time, making sure I'm eating as well as I can, exercising, resting, and you know, we were saying as well about the, you know the whole thing with with chefs that it's it's difficult to be able to apply that to your life, you know, if you're doing these long services, but. 
the wrestling thing's really important. Well, it is, it, but all of the, you know, when it comes to the meat and things like that, we, as chefs, we pride ourselves on a level of sustainability, knowing where you get everything from, you know, making sure it is the best ingredient. If you had a bit of meat which cost you an arm and a leg because it was, you know, the, the animals got had the best diet coming up it's not had it's not been pumped with a load of antibiotics it's not being you know given a load of feed that's got none of the b12 in it it's not being forced shit that is no good for it and you have the highest quality and it costs you a bit and you add it once a week or once a month that's fine so i mean that's, that's okay but having you know if people actually knew what was in the meat that they were buying from a supermarket i mean this is this is going way out there but they they've no idea what they're putting in their own bodies no it's um and i think now more than ever a lot of people waking up it's still there's still a lot of ignorance well, unfortunately there's also a food system I mean, you know, it's easy there's also a food system where it's made it's, to be it's, addictive though. it's made to be addictive but it's also really cheap i mean we're in hackney at the moment there's a hundred chicken shops around here and they'll all do like for a pound you know four wings and some chips now you tell someone they can't have that but they can have like for a pound, maybe a tomato. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's and you have to make it good yourself. You know, yeah. You know. So I mean, it's it's a difficult thing. It's very kind of middle class privilege of being able to say this, but um, the food system has got to the point where yeah, it's cheaper to eat really really bad stuff. Mm. You touched on the Asian diet, like the it's very, I guess from a Western point of view, it's very poor man produced meals but everything's very highly nutritious it's all fresh ingredients um they you know they use meat as a a side to add to stuff but everything's got loads of veg in it everything's got loads of nutrients in it lots of herbs it's all fresh it I, don't just think, I don't think you can still have it here i mean if, if, if people had a bit more connection as to you know vegetables and understand what they what they are for one <laughs> do you know what I mean and, um, you can get something cheap you can you know like obviously something if you want to eat all organic and stuff like that it's obviously expensive but you can get some you know you can get cheap you can definitely you know, for 20 quid you can get a good you know basket of fruit and veg that lasts you a few days mm. oh completely I mean yeah. you know certainly during lockdown you know if I had to go and do a little grocery shop once a week then I'd just I'd run over to while everyone's queuing up for at the supermarkets then all the little grocers around here are kind of empty, but full of vegetables. And you go in there, and 15 quid will get you a full basket of stuff. I mean, it's cheap. But obviously, you know, you've got to know what to do with that. And I realise there's a whole load of people that are just completely uneducated in in how to cook anything. And um, this is something I'd love to see a big, big change of in schools. And you know, get people understanding about food from an early age That's and how to, how to hunt, forage, cook, all of that, do you know what I mean? But you, you literally just said it yourself. I remember being at school and it was cheaper to buy a bowl of chips, a massive bowl of chips. Chips and gravy. Chips and gravy. I'm not going to say it when it was. Listen, every now and then I have to go off piece and go back to something that was yeah, yeah, yeah. nostalgic and yeah. delicious, like chicken kiefs for me, which yeah, is yeah. the thing I love them. Some smash and some bisto and maybe some peas if I felt particularly healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had that this year, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, it's interesting you said that as well because um, I did a, like a three-day nutritional course with this qualified nutritionist and he said, he wasn't saying it to me, but he was like, every six weeks, Kirk, I, I go and get, I have gone have a jump, you know, eat healthy all the time. Mm. Every six to, six weeks to two months, I'll eat a burger because that's a good way to test your immune system. Hmm. And you know, he said there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just treat yourself every two months or whatever. Obviously, yeah. 
going to be a lot of McDonald's every night, then it's going to of course you got, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... That's, but that's it. That, 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 you know, if, you, if, you, if you've got a great diet anyway... No, no, no. Because you diet from, you know, the weeks before, it would just... You know, if at all, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're working out and if you're eating well all the time, then it's just, I'm, I'm sure it's not even going to hit the sides. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. But, I mean, presumably you can't really stray from what you're... No, I'm on. pretty strict, yeah. Yeah. I had one, uh, my girlfriend uh, decided to get, I, I'm against her getting deliveries or Uber Eats, but when I get one, I had a gluten-free okay. um, pizza. <laughs> um, it was really good, but that's about as far as I yeah. go on there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't go and get like a big dirty kebab or something. No. it just—it's not worth it for me because the next day I'm just so much worse. I think one of the things that, that kind of pushed me into, um, you know, going kind of fully plant-based during lockdown was much because, um, yeah, I, I do justify having a kebab <laughs> before midnight sometimes, and uh, and and I, part of the. Part of that comes down to, I think, food addiction with me sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I've just had the wrong things at the wrong times a bit too frequently. And you're just like, hey, I need to rein this in a bit and just get some control back in my life. And and then, you know, the odd yeah. about every now and then I'm not going to beat myself up about. But, yeah. yeah, I was thinking, shit, I've had two this week. And, um, I mean, it's there's a lot of Turkish restaurants around here. Do you know what I mean? So it is kind of an easy thing to do. But... When you start noticing them bits, you're like, hey, I've got to rein it in and however I need to do that. And it's the same thing I do with not drinking. It's just like, you know, I take six months off a year to, you know, yeah. during the winter months. And, you know, I do it for me. I don't do it for anyone to keep tabs on it. If I have five drinks during that period, fine. Do you know what I mean? Shoot me. But, but it should yeah. only be for um, you. But, should you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it allows me to have control. And then by the kind of May, when, I, when I'm ready to start drinking again and have some fun over the summer, I'm just like, oh, actually, I'm going to take my time with it. Yeah. I think that's what I've tried to do with the food, is just appreciate it more when I do, actually. But it is, it's great to have that, like, mini kind of reward system in your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, you work very hard at looking after yourself for example and and then you do like once a month or once every two months treat yourself to a massive blowout there's that like there's nothing wrong with that because it's it's rewarding to go you know i'm smashed or <laughs> or i've just eat, been been in three different restaurants today eating loads of stuff that i i kind of deny myself for a while because you know health reasons or just like you know for energy for that thing you know what? I, I a mean, reward is cool the, the whole thing though um, going into restaurants and it does uh, you know we, we, we all work in restaurants we love restaurants but I think um, I stopped drinking through having meals as well I mean I remember going to Noma and uh, during my uh, non-drinking period of the winter about two years ago so I ended up having their kombucha and juice flight with it and my god I felt so good <laughs> But because it's a 20 calls menu anyway, and if you're having non-alcoholic drinks with yeah. it, it's absolutely fine. When you have those long lunches, you're eating that much and you're drinking with it, I, that, the feeling of just being lethargic and awful and just feeling like food is beating you up, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, I, now I can't go back to that. Like I can't go back to drinking and having a meal. I, I either go out for a drink or I go out for a yeah, drink. Yeah, I've never drank with me. I mean, you used to have like... That's a red wine or whatever. I think that's quite yeah. nice on again. But um, but yeah, I think it's going back to we we should look at health as not a chore. It should be something that we enjoy doing. Like, it, it, I remember like when I was younger, whatever. I, I never, I never, I thought investing. I would never invest in myself to make myself feel good. But I'd go and smash hundred and fifty pound of an hour out with the lads. Yeah. To feel crap the next day and depressed all week or week after. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Or we'll, we'll buy a new jacket for 200 quid, but we don't want to spend 30 quid on, a, on acupuncture or something yeah. that will, you know, help us feel better. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I've always, you know, in the last few years, tried to, tried to change people's mentality in, in terms of, again, not preaching, but I make it fun and cool to make, you know, invest in yourself. Should be something that we're proud about. But isn't it? It's the only house you'll ever live in. Yeah, that's very true. But is it another thing that the society just ends up kind of promoting, like you know, living for the weekend and going out, and and that's it. So it's like, oh, forget the job, fuck this. Like it's all about going out on the weekend and like having it with your mates. Let me go off track when you do that a few times because then it's like. Well, I would say every week. Just a quiet night for me would be, you know, um, a quiet night go out. And unfortunately, we've you know having kind of drug issues. It's like you have a few drinks, and then you're calling the, you know someone to turn up, yeah. and then you you know you're up till five, six, eight o'clock, at, or even just going straight into work. Do you know what I mean? Like hardly any sleep. And I mean, this is me at my worst in my twenties. But you know, you, you'd have like half an hour's sleep on someone's floor, go straight into work, brush your teeth in the sink. Yeah, I think I think a lot. I think a lot of not just chefs, but people can resonate with that. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've been talking recently, actually, um, about how, you know, trying to, uh, I, I say it from, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I could have made it so much easier. I could have been a better chef if I hadn't had the kind of drink and drug problems, but here we are, I'm doing it, and I'm just trying to uh, uh, spread some, uh, I guess, some advice for people to say, look, you know, actually consider how much you're taking in, don't not drink, don't not go out and party do that but just consider how frequently you do it but I think um, I was definitely you know I'd I'd, I'd be a much better chef if I didn't you know what I mean yeah 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 Yeah. that's very true think how much money that makes people though so I mean like the alcohol industry makes so much money if we and this is one of the things that I always find quite interesting like we we are thinking about people investing in themselves Mm. but in turn the knock on effect that that I guess has on an economic point of view, with people, yeah, you know, the alcohol industry brings up so much money each year. Yeah. If you tell, if you made, you know, made it so that people went, you look at this time that we've had. I guess COVID, for example, people's priority mm. has been alcohol. Some people. Well, yeah, not It's actually mixed with my friends. Like, <laughs> some people have just been like they've gone completely clean, and then others that have been like, I'm drinking every day. Yeah. But I guess it's some of the people with boredom, isn't it? I so, mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've boredom, loneliness. Not, yeah. You know, a lot of things. A lot of things cause people to rely on drink. You know, I mean, I think. My, but it has a huge impact on the mental health. Yeah, 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 massively. Um, and I think it's. I think it's we we look for that, and it goes back to that prescription or whatever. Look for this quick fix that if we're struggling, like it's take it like. We need a, we need to put something in our body to feel that drug. Yeah. But like if we say we we arrange, okay, Saturday lads, we're gonna go and climb up a mountain. Mm. That's a drug when you get on the top of there and you feel good or whatever. You know, yeah. you make a good bit of food and you know but you have to put effort into that to do that where alcohol you can sit on your couch, drugs you just ring up whoever and off yeah. you go sort of thing. So it's I think that's just why they're so prevalent it's ease one of the things um you know i guess um, talking about chefs and how we look after ourselves is that you know we've talked more about how uh, you know athletes 
you know, preparing for a football, as a footballer, preparing for a football game, you know, there's diet, there's exercise, there's kind of stuff. But, you know, with, with chefs, I mean, a, a, a double shift in a very busy restaurant is as much more exhausting than playing a football game or, you know, so why don't we take our jobs as seriously as, uh, as athletes do? Why don't we look after ourselves the way athletes do? Because it's not, I think it's because there's not, there's not, there's not money there to support us, is there? No, but even just looking after yourself, <laughs> I mean, I just even looking after yourself, if you know, I mean, again, I go back to me just being a bit of a mess when I was in my 20s, but, you know, I, I, not looking after myself before a double shift, you know, just sleeping on someone's floor for half an hour, then going into work and then just being on the back foot all day and just... Like I say, I'd be a better chef if I looked after myself, I trained, I was eating the right things, I got the, you know, I went straight home to bed and rested, you know what I mean, it make every... Like, it's a yeah, fear of missing out. I think it's, I have lots of regrets like that, but I think when you look back, it's kind of, when you look at it now, it's almost like, oh, why did, why did I do that? But mm. back then, we wasn't in the room, and now we weren't, we're very aware people, yeah. and we kind of, on this kind of journey of like, seeing things and questioning things but back 10 years ago we weren't we weren't we weren't that people we weren't those no. people you know, we didn't have that wisdom i think with age comes wisdom doesn't it i wish i had my yeah, brain well, that's the thing. Now when i was 21 i'd be a much better thing. chef too this is why well, I don't, you can't you can't tell people and people even that work for you you can't say you will do this you will do that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck off i'll make my own rules sure. you know what i mean but i guess you, we can just throw and have discussions like this and talk and say this is what I would do if I did it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's good for, you know, young, young 21-year-old cooks or 18-year-old commies or that they hopefully listen to us and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, my drugs, my body, I'm going to yeah. you know, put good stuff into my body and give myself the best chance possible for, to be successful in life. I mean, for me, success, and I never understood success because I grew up with my dad who was like this successful chef and I just wanted to mimic him. I just yeah, wanted... Yeah. I wanted that power, I wanted to have a restaurant, and that was success for me. No, like, health is a bigger success more than anything. You can have 10 premiumly star restaurants, but if you feel shit every day, don't mean nothing. No, no, no. Don't mean nothing, does it? Completely not. I mean, the whole satisfaction of, like, just enjoying your job. I I remember when I um, started with Brunswick, I was doing 100 hours a week. I was in, you know, a very suicidal place, but at the same time... I did love my job. <laughs> Do you know, it was the first time. Yeah, I wasn't getting paid really much, but I was just like, you know, actually, I had nothing. I was completely broken as a man, but I'm enjoying my work again. And that was part of the rebuilding of my, you know, of my journey. It was just like, actually, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying coming into work. I'm with some lovely people. Um, and it made a difference. I was getting paid a third of what I was getting paid previously. That was, that, you know, money didn't matter at that point. It just... Yeah. It's just about turning out to work, being in that kitchen and just cooking your heart out. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the youth, the younger generation of like cooks now, they kind of, you know, what they're getting paid sort of thing. Well, you know, it is important to know what you're getting paid, but at the same mm. time, happiness, money isn't happiness. Well, if you, I mean, I always say as well, if you don't, if, you're not, if you don't need the money in the early days, just don't. I mean, well, do what you can, exactly. Yeah. Learn as much as you can. Don't let money control you because the moment you start worrying about that money, you're, you're really limiting where you can go in life. On, and, you know, any good opportunity that comes up then suddenly gets drawn away by the fact that you might not be able to afford your nice car or, mm. or you know, fucking drugs or alcohol or anything like that. It seems really silly, but if, if that money if that money starts to quantify into your life, 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, it affects... I know a lot of young people that have made the wrong decisions over the last eight months purely because they're working for people that are paying them to keep them there. So they want a good wage to keep them there. Yeah. But... They hate their they job, and you've right. given them. The and I always said they plateau as well. Because yeah. you're not learning anymore, you plateau. You'll stay on that yeah. salary for a long time. Whereas, like, you know, hate if, if you it, don't man. need that money, just talk shit for a long time. <laughs> yeah. It goes yeah. that J curve. It, it pops. You know what I mean? And I've been fortunate enough to travel around the world doing what I do. You know, travel to me is one of the most important oh, things that I can ever do. It's the best education I mean? so, in the world. Absolutely. So being able to travel and cook and work as you know. You're not going to get that if you just settle for a certain managerial job in a, you know, a chain restaurant. There's, you know, there's no hope. But yeah, you get an extra day off maybe and you get, you get a steady amount of money. Yeah. But that's not going to be around forever, that job either. I had a few surreal moments with Corona. I was like freaking out because obviously money and stuff. And I, and I applied to be a delivery driver for a car door because I was like, <laughs> shit, I just do some money. <laughs> and I like... And then I was like, hold on a minute, hold on, like, got my shit together after like a week, I'm like, that energy needs to be focused on what I've built now, not yeah. letting go of that and keep, you know, keep, keep invested in, you know, similar to what you guys are doing here, keep, it's so scary, the situation we're now, that, that we can make decisions because for the short term, if we stay calm and realise, you know, what our skill set is and where we meant to be and yeah. trust that journey and keep invested in that journey. How do you see that Hopefully. Your journey. It can be fruitful. How do you see it going? With, like, given that 2020, I mean, realistically, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a bit of a write off. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, a a little, just a little bit of a write off. But how do you see your journey going forward now? If you, if, I mean, let's take Corona out of it, for example. Yeah. The, you know, the possibilities of future lockdowns or anything like that. Just take that out of the occasion and go, you know, what, what has this taught you and, and how is it going to push you forward? Um, well, I can, I mean, I've spoke a bit about this because I, when I was really, really sick, I spent, I've been in, I've kind of, I spent nine months kind of in isolation. I spent five months bed bound um, <clears throat> when I flew back from Australia. So I kind of know what it's like to be in this kind of situation. So it yeah. wasn't that much of a shock to me. I kind of was like, okay, I can just work on myself. Great. Yeah. Because I've always been, even now, like I'm not fully better. So I'm always maybe like four or five hours behind everybody else for, 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 you know, ahead of the day. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of allowed me to kind of, okay, I can get myself stronger. So when we get back to normal, I can be maybe back on everybody else's level of speed. You know what I mean? So I think um, in terms of me, I wanted, the, the plan was to grow plates and invest in plates and make that a, a neighborhood restaurant somewhere on a low level floor because we're on the third floor where we are and the space was kind of restricted and so that was kind of the goal to grow that and stuff like that uh, but now we're just kind of doing what we can we've done um, an eight course online cookery cookery school that people can sub subscribe to so we've been doing that for the last few months um, and my sister who's been building out a lot of the food studio projects that's events and stuff like that um, we've still kind of been growing that so we do a lot of stuff from our development kitchen and send it over to companies. Are you getting a lot of events at the moment now? I mean, not, not physical events, but it's more like, can you can you make 250 drinks and send them over to us? Or can you make, you know, we've been doing uh, sandwich boxes and dinner boxes and stuff like that. So we build all the stuff and then they put the components together. We write down, you know, a method of how to mix everything yeah. and 
do the recipes and stuff like that. So we're living in a very virtual world, aren't we? I did a, yeah. I did a crazy, <laughs> I did a Zoom cookery course with a company in Berlin. Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. Thirty people. Oh my god! It was like, I mean, we talk about you know we talk about filming and stuff like that before, about the different types of work that takes energy from different parts of our body. Yeah. And that like two hour Zoom call, I was absolutely frazzled. Like my energy because I'm like having to repeat myself over and over yeah. again. Harder than a service in a restaurant. It is. Well you just think you know, I think you get into it as as hard as those double shifts can be and you know, those kind of eighty hour weeks. You are still in a there's moments of it where you can close close your eyes and just, you know, you're on autopilot yeah. and get through it. Yeah. It's muscle memory. However, <laughs> doing things where you just got to rethink about, am I doing this properly? You're not in your comfort zone whatsoever. Yeah, a, you know, a 10 minute filming thing I do for Instagram, it's like, it's my day done. And then, then you've got to edit it. And by three o'clock in the afternoon, I can't actually see my phone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? My eyes are hurting. It's crazy. Um, the joys of being like uh, in a nice kitchen as a chef to party, you know, you just have to do your little section yeah. and stuff. But then you always wanted to be a sous chef. And then you always wanted to be in it. You know, and it's like that. Uh, we talk about like when you when you when you're 15, 16, you want to be eighteen so you can drink and then. Yeah. But it's like no 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 trust me it <laughs> it's not better. There. It has to be uh, it has to be like a big sticker or something in a kitchen saying CDPs. You yeah. never want to leave that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because you know as soon as I was head chef, that was it. I wanted to. I after yeah. I left the Swan, um, I was head chef there for a few years, and I've been there from kind of CDP up to head chef, and. Uh, and then I went into London, I was, you know, back onto the Stosia, I think I, I, I jumped around a few different places, but it was just like, I don't want any, any, like, you know, senior CDP, I could do that, I could probably do a junior C, but I don't want to be any managerial positions, I just want to cook, yeah. that's it, and just get back into what I, you know, got into the industry for in the first place, which is yeah. cooking. I was like that, actually, when we opened St. Leonard's, I was like, we're getting head chefs in, and business partners want to be a head chef, like, you guys run the kitchen, I just want to do the creative things, you know? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please. Please. It's yeah. too stressful. So, Chef Wellness, I didn't mention this at the beginning. Um, what's the plans for this? Um, so, at the moment, I've just been so busy with the plate stuff and trying to keep the business alive that yeah. kind of, um, I've done a few things on there, but um, hopefully um, to, to, to do that again when we can yeah. all, people have, I have loads of messages, oh, can we do, can we do one online and stuff like that? And just for me, the, the, the special thing about Chateaux was that connectivity between sure. people, yeah, meeting really. people, the joy of that, all eating together, doing a little meditation, that, that, I don't know, it was an energy for me that made it special. I think if I start going and doing Zoom things and stuff yeah. like that, and then for me that I'm trying to, there's so much online now that I'm trying to like go away from like being on my phone less and being on the computer less and, yeah, yeah. Them sort of thing. So yeah, um, so hopefully, just when we're allowed to socialize together as people, just carry on the same as where it was, and it's just basically a little place where we can talk, yeah. share information that's going to help each other, and that's all it was. That and like I've talked about here is, and um, we've all got journeys. We yeah. should share those journeys because you know when you talk, you help me. When you talk, you help me, and hopefully when I talk, I help you. And that's all it is. Yeah. Okay. Getting extracted information out of everyone. Because yeah. we've all got something to share and make each other better people. Well, Kurt, I think we could talk all day, really. Yeah. Yeah. But the best yeah. thing we can say is, um, you know, you just have to come back again and talk. Uh, I'm yeah, sure there's a different, yeah, there's a different yeah. subject every time. Um, Kurt, if Not anyone wants anything. to get hold of you, <laughs> your website or anything. Yeah, so you can get hold of me at, um, on email. 
kerkatplates-london.com. Nice. We'll add that to. I mean, this is the first one. We've not done a. a this the is our first one. one. So I guess this is going out on YouTube and it's going out on uh, podcasts. And so we'll just have to put all the information. We'll put Kirk's information. And, uh, and if you want to get him, get him. That's it. And thank you for uh, inviting me. Thank you, Kurt. Both incredible friends and people, and I'm uh, honoured to know you both. So thank you. And Thanks you, mate. Much, and you. Thanks a lot. That's fun. Thank you. Cheers, guys. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.